everyone, Digital Master here, and I'm coming to you with something different today. This is my first ever podcast. And I, well, let's just say it's very much an experiment. That's something that I've always wanted to do for a while now in relation to Star Citizen. And I'm very happy to give it a shot at this particular point in time. So thank you for listening, anyone who has uh, tuned in. And we're going to talk Star Citizen. So the plan, let me just first give you some ideas of where or what my plans are with this particular podcast. It's going to be roughly 30 minutes to an hour, maybe possibly an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. I'm still working out that final plan as far as a long term. We're going to get, like I said, this episode here is pretty much the trial run. So we're going to give it a go and see what happens. I have planned a topic for today, and it's going to be pretty much all about CIG's funding for 2023 and IAE this year, as well as a little bit about CitizenCon. So we're going to jump right into it, but let me just give you some housekeeping real quick. As it relates to this podcast, the idea is to, first of all, it's a monologue, essentially. I don't have a co-host. It's just going to be me, at least starting out. And I just, again, want to talk to you about 100% Star Citizen, and it can be anything Star Citizen. So with that said, let's begin. The big question that's going to pretty much drive this conversation is, do we anticipate a record funding year for CIG, or should we call it a 2023 comeback? As you all well know, this year has been a bit interesting from a funding standpoint for Star Citizen or for CIG. And I do have the chart in front of me, and I'm going to have it on the screen because, again, as you, I guess I should be mentioning this as well, but It's a video podcast still. I won't be showing my face, at least not yet. I've shown my face on some of my other videos. So it's not that I'm ashamed of my face. I think it's a beautiful face. (laughs) Anyway, it won't be my face on the podcast, but I will be demonstrating what information I'm looking at so that you can pretty much follow along if you prefer it in the video format or if you prefer to digest this podcast in video format. However, the discussion will be very easy to follow using audio or listening to audio alone. So back to the question, do we anticipate a funding, a record funding year for CIG in 2023? Let's talk about funding in general. Now I'm looking at the funding chart for the entirety of the Star Citizen project in front of me here. And as we look at that, I just want to point out some things, break down some details to sort of set the foundation of this conversation. CIG has, ever since 2012, been breaking their funding record year over year. The only year they did not improve over the previous year was back in 2017. It was actually 3% less than 2016. Just digest that for one second. <laughs> it's been it's been 10 to 11 years of 
developing Star Citizen and Squadron 42. In only one of those years have we seen, and it's funny because I really don't even know that we want to call that, you know, a, 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 a drop in funding. <laughs> We're talking about 36 million versus 34 million. 36 in 2016, 34 in 2017. Still impressive. And then the following year, they go back up to 37 million. So they improved over the past two years at that point. All of that to say, we can very much repeat that this year as it pertains to 2023's funding compared to 2022's funding. Let's talk about that for a second. 2022, Star Citizen or CIG raised $113 million. $113 million. Which, by the way, was a 31% increase over the previous year in 2021, which was $86 million. Now, those two values I want you to keep in mind. $86 million for 2021, $113 million for 2022. This year, 2023, we're currently sitting at $83 million funding. It could be slightly higher depending on how updated this particular chart is. But for all intents and purposes, we're sitting at $83 million on the year. Now let's go month by month for this year in comparison to the previous year's funding. Because it really does get interesting here. So right now we're in November. We have a month and a half left in 2023. And we're down roughly $30 million if we're trying to break last year's record. That's $30 million we're going to need or CIG is going to need to break that record. To say the least, 2023 has been a bit of a challenging year for CIG from a funding perspective, right? We all know we can talk about what the development was as far as how frequent updates came out or, you know, how much information or hype was pretty much generated during the earlier parts of the mid uh, period of the year, leading all the way up to CitizenCon, right? And then we get the bombshell of CitizenCon that just went, you know, nuts. And we all, you know, the general sentiment was absolutely positive. Absolutely positive. We're going to get to that, though. We're going to actually talk about that in, 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 in a little bit. For now, though, let's go month by month and talk about the performance of the funding of CIG this year, 2023. Going back to January. And let me just hover over these values here. Back in January, we raised $8 million which was effectively 12% more than the January of 2022. So perform better in January this year versus last year. We moved to February where things were vastly different <laughs> to say the least. In February, we CIG raised $4 million, which actually was 42% worse than February of 2022. 
February of 2022, they raised seven million versus this year's four million to kind of give a solid number to that. Now we move to March. This year, we raised nine million dollars, which was actually better by 53% than the March of 2022, which was six million. Nine million versus six million. Moving on to April. We raised seven million this year, 2023. And that was actually 10% less than 2022 April. Pretty much a million dollar difference. Eight million versus seven million. So up until April, it was a teeter-tottering effect, right? January better this year. February better last year. March better this year. April better last year. But now this is where it gets absolutely interesting. Because in May of this year, we were down seven or pretty much 8% compared to last year. 19 million this year, 21 million last year for the month of May. We get to June, we were down 34% this year compared to last year with 7 million raised in 2023. 10 million raised in 2022. Now we get to July, we were down 26% with $4 million raised this year, July. $6 million raised last year, July. Moving on to August, we were down 39, really 40% to be fair, 39.9. 40% we were down this year compared to last year. August was 3 million. Last year's August was 5 million. September is where things that I really want to be careful about saying turned around. We pretty much were neck and neck between the two years. Pretty much up 0.8% this September versus last year's September. So we effectively had a drought of four months straight during the middle part of this year compared to last year. You get to September, we break even essentially. But here in October, we're in November right now, but last month, October was a game changer for this year. We raised $15 million or CIG raise. I keep it. <laughs> do I sound like I work for CIG? I do not, just to kind of make sure that's clear. <laughs> but this year, CIG raised $15 million, which is 87% better than last year's October. $15 million versus $8 million last year, October. Now, here we are in November. And as of right now, at least according to the chart, we've raised $3 million. CIG has raised $3 million. But November is not over, as we all well know. And we all well know what drives the funding in November every year for Star Citizen or CIG. And that is IAE. Last year, they raised $23 million in November. Which brings me to the other topic for today, which is IAE. What 
do we expect this year IAE? I, I believe that no matter what, it's important that this year is successful. But I don't think that's going to be the issue at all. You know, because I'll be honest with you. I mean, 83 million is nothing to sniff at. We hit 86 million back in 2021. So let me not make it seem like the stakes are really high here. Some will, you know, peddle that narrative, right? But for me, 86, 83 million, which is where we, we are currently at right now, is literally the third best year CIG has ever had. And we're not even at the end of the year yet. It's $3 million away from being the second best year that CIG has ever had. 2022 was the absolute best year CIG has ever had. Remember, $113 million. But the question is, can we break the record this year? Is it, or is it too late? Is it too late? You know, even though this is a monologue, I'm, I really want to hear your thoughts in the comments section. Let me know your thoughts on some of this. I really want to get that back and forth going to understand what you, the community, or I mean, whether even if you're on the outside looking in, right, to the game, let's say you haven't pledged or you haven't really taken the dive into the project. You know, I, I still want to get your opinion too. But in general, for those of you who backed the game, what do you think? Do you think we're going to break that record? Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it in a little more detail because we do have some speculation or we do have some leaks out there that you know can give us a clue as to what might happen i mean come on we know every year that cig releases at minimum three ships right and when i say releases i should clarify that a bit typically there's one straight to flyable maybe two I'm trying to remember i'm just going off the top of my head here but almost always one straight to flyable ship and as of late, those tend to be the smaller ships. And then you'll have, if there is a second straight to flyable, a slightly bigger ship. So typically, maybe expect a small ship, a medium ship, and a large ship. We haven't really seen a capital ship be released in quite a while as far as concept, right? And I, actually, none have been released into the game. I mean, unless you count the 890 which is actually classified as capital so <laughs> i guess that can count but as far as capital ships go they typically are all in concept phase i don't think we're going to get a, con a capital ship this year i don't think we're going to see a concept for a capital ship this year at all but i do expect to see a small medium and large size ship two of which i believe will be concept Will we see a fourth? I really don't know. I really don't know. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. But definitely the three. And what I and what I feel we know, you know, I think there's enough rumors swirling around to sort of give some sort of credibility to some of the leaks that, you know, are kind of running around. And when I say that, let me be a little bit more specific. 
<laughs> Throughout all the rumors that we've heard, there's been some, I really don't want to use the word confirmations, but there's been some other information that's come out that pretty much, I guess I just have to say it, pretty much confirms some of those leaks as being accurate. And one of those ships, and again, I don't really want to take this time to give spoilers. Maybe not all of you are interested in knowing what the leaks are, knowing what the rumors are and how true they might be. So I won't go down that rabbit hole. I'll, I'll stay away from that. But definitely get feedback, right? I mean, if this community is interested in hearing everything, and, and I do mean everything, I can always slap on the the warnings on the podcast for any leaks or anything like that um, if we decide to talk about it. But definitely give me your feedback on that. But either way, overall, the point is I, I do expect a good turnout this year. I, I do expect a good turnout. Now, will we beat last year's numbers, though? $23 million. I, that is a very lofty goal. But I do think it's possible. Especially when considering the ships that were on sale last year. I do, th I do think that we might hit that number, given what I do know or what I have seen as, as far as what ships we might see this year. But give me your thoughts on that. I, I'm going to leave that right there. I don't want to go any further with it. But overall, can CIG break their record from last year? Is it possible? Are we too, are we too late? Are we too late? We have a month and a half left in a year. Can CIG pull it off? Time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. I'm excited because everything that we learned from CitizenCon is so much, so much information, updates, features, technology, that was discussed in CitizenCon that is going to absolutely change a lot, just about everything about Star Citizen in the coming year. There is another thing I wanted to mention. There's been some price changes. In fact, let me go ahead and pull this up. Ah, found it. So as far as the pledge updates go, there's about six ships that Jake actually gave us an update about. So in case you're in the market for any new ships, updates or upgrades um, or even downgrades, it will be good to have this information um, and or know this information. So we have the Anvil F7CM, a Super Hornet, which has gone up by $5. So it's now $185 on the store or will be. And IAE. Also, the RSI Constellation Taurus, it, it, it increased by $10 at $200. Constellation Aquila increased by $5 at $315 for a total of $315. And then the Aegis Redeemer increased by $5 and now is $330 USD. The whole D has increased by $100, used to be. 450, it's now 550. And finally, the RSI Orion has a, had a $75 price increase, moving from 575 to 650. So there you have it. If 
you were in the market for any of those ships, that could be good news or it could be bad news. <laughs> Depending on, and I say good news because if you are CCU using CCUs or cross chassis upgrades, that may open up an opportunity for you depending on what ship you wanted to upgrade from, right? Because you can only go up, you can't go down. As far as upgrading, right? Grading, I guess it's all in the term. <laughs> but nonetheless, if you wanted the hull D, and let's say you wanted to CCU from a ship that was greater than $450, now is your chance. Now is your chance. And the same goes for the RSI Orion. And pretty much all of them, to be fair. So. That's your small bit of news <laughs> that I'll share on this podcast. But yeah, definitely this year, um, there will be some price increases. I also expect the price of the C1 to go up. I think we already saw the price increase for the A1 once it was released because it was released before the C1. In fact, the C1 is not even technically released yet. It's in the PTU. So at least as a time at the time of this podcast that I'm recording it. So by the time you're hearing it, it may have already gone on sale. So keep those things in mind. I don't know what that price will look like for the C1, but it may be a slight price increase on that one since its uh, concept last year. So on to the next segment here. I want to briefly talk about Squadron 42 and the excitement surrounding the game. I, for one, have been very interested in Squadron 42 is, you know, I don't know how involved you all have been who's listening here in the community for Star Citizen, but there's been controversy over the years regarding, you know, what game we're, you know, we're pledging for, you know, who's supporting what, who's interested in what, and a lot of misconceptions, a lot of misunderstandings as to how the game is being developed in conjunction with, you know, the, the two games, right? Because you have Squadron 42 and you have Star Citizen. For all intents and purposes, they're still one and the same. It's just different scopes. Just to be fair, you know, you have a single player game and then you have the multiplayer game. But the game mechanics, for the most part, are, are the same. They're the same. Case in point, everyone that's worked on, not everyone, but a huge group of employees working on Squadron 42 are now moving back to the persistent universe so that they can start to implement a lot of those features into Star Citizen, the MMO. So that's only possible because it's one and the same. It's it's the same game. It's just single player versus MMO, right? So there will be differences, of course, right? Due to that very difference. But for all intents and purposes, it's the same code base. Okay. So with that said, Squadron 42 looked absolutely amazing in the I Held the Line trailer. Yes, it's my subjective opinion, but given the sentiments from the community and even outside of the community, it hit all the marks that it should have. I'll say that. 
it has exceeded many, many people's expectations. And I'll be honest with you, for myself, it, 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 it exceeded many expectations for me as well. When they first showed off the Star Engine demo, mind you, this was before the Squadron 42 trailer. You can tell from that that, you know, a lot of improvements have been made over the game that we're playing today. You can absolutely see the difference. And then, of course, as they're talking about it, you can break, you can get the idea that a lot of things are being implemented that's going to take the game we're playing today to a whole new level. And the excitement around that is just, it's palpable because I'll just tell you this after CitizenCon, I couldn't even load Star Citizen back up. I tried to load into the game just to play, but I couldn't do it because I'm thinking star map. I'm thinking the FPS changes. I'm thinking the radar and scanning. I'm thinking the Maelstrom. I'm even looking at the base building. I'm like, I need that right now. And to know what I to know it's coming and then to have seen it. How in the world am I going to log back into this game right now and play with the star map that we have in the game? (laughs) How am I going to? I, I had a very difficult time doing that. In fact, I didn't even load into Star Citizen for at least a week after CitizenCon. But then, of course, the Pyro Playground came around. And I was like, okay, got to get over that real quick so we can actually, you know, jump into that. And the Pyro Playground, I guess I'm going to just briefly talk about that, was absolutely phenomenal. I gave my feedback, but playing that, it, 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 feels, it feels authentically different than Stanton. There's some similarities, of course, right? Just to be clear, but... The feel, the vibe of Pyro is very different than Stanton. And the part that excites me the most is once we get server meshing, we'll get that part that we did not get to get a chance to test, which is the traversing or traveling between Stanton and Pyro. That's going to be a fantastic moment in gaming for me. And even beyond. Second, we start to get some of these other systems like Terra, Magnus. It's going to be a completely brand new game. And it's going to and it's going to tick the boxes of what we've been expecting and hoping for for a very long time. That is my expectation. And after playing Pyro, that dream seems that much closer. I'm really looking forward to it. I want to know your thoughts, though. Did you get a chance to play the Pyro Playground? And if so, what are your thoughts? And also, with the Squadron 42 I Held the Line demo, what were your thoughts about that? What did you walk away feeling like? Let me know in the comment section. What was your emotional level during the time you were watching that trailer? At the time... That I was first of all, I didn't get a chance to go physically to CitizenCon. Something I wanted to do, but it was a last-minute decision for me because I have so many tr- travel plans for the end of this year. So 
I had some very difficult choices to make. And unfortunately, Citizen Com wasn't one. <laughs> I couldn't go. I wanted to go. But I was in the concierge chat during the showing of this. And we all were just in there just marveling at what we were seeing. And even some of the devs came into the chat just to experience that moment with us. And it was pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Um, and you know, I'm filled with hope. Not that I really lost any, but I, I am super filled with hope. Super filled with hope. Yes, I just said that. I'm super full of hope for what Squadron 42 is going to be. What we saw was the making of a very great game from just, you know, just watching what we saw. So as an avid gamer, been a gamer all my life, pretty much. Pretty much nearing middle age. So sometimes you can look at gameplay and understand what it is and what it may feel like. You know, some games it's hard to do that with. You know, you watch a trailer, you watch gameplay videos, and you still don't have a true feel of what it's going to be like when you have your hands on the joystick or if you have your hands on the mouse and keyboard, right? Actually playing the game. But some games you can look at the gameplay and you instantly know it's going to feel a certain way. And it's going to play a certain way. And that's what I felt watching that trailer. It 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 looked good. It looked good. Yes, I do think some of the ship combat looked interesting, quote unquote. But I do also believe that that was just the skill level of who was playing. No offense to that person. <laughs> and then they're also, they were also using mouse and keyboard for the maneuvering of the ship. I am a Holtas guy. Uh, Holtas guy. Actually, I have the two joysticks, left and right. And I have the foot pedals. I refuse to fly with mouse and keyboard. But it's clear that's exactly what they were doing. <laughs> it was driving me crazy. But... I do believe that it will still play or still feel great when we get our hands on it and play it our way because piloting ships in Star Citizen is all about pilot skill, period, period. Nonetheless, that's what I walked away with. I'm very excited for Squadron 42 and I cannot wait to hear more about it, but I also cannot wait to hear the release date. And on to the release date, I wanted to speculate a little bit about that, right? Because we know Chris Roberts pretty much said, hey, we're feature complete. And, you know, we're in a polishing phase. Feature complete means exactly what it sounds like. All the features of the game are done for all intents and purposes. And of course, I like to use that word as you can tell. I think we're counting on we're counting at three or four times I said that. But for all intents and purposes, make that five. We're purely in the polishing phase. Features, all the features of the game are technically complete. Now, I say technically because when we talk about polishing a video game, that is a very wide or broad, I'll say, let's use that word, is a very broad scope. When we talk about polishing a video game, polishing 
In fact, that you almost want them to use a different word. But polishing encompasses bug squashing. It encompasses playtesting. It encompasses understanding if the game is fun. Pretty much what Rich Tyra said. Making sure the game is fun to play. Because if they come across any parts of the game that they deem unfun. I just made that word up. Or not fun. <laughs> you know, it, it, they, they determine it's not fun. Then they have to go back in there and tweak things. Right? So the timeline from now until release day is absolutely tentative at best. It's absolutely tentative at best because pretty much what you have from your traditional studios at this point is a hard release date that's not really under their control. Because they typically have a publisher that's pretty much breathing down their neck saying, hey, it needs to come out on this day or by this date. The benefit that CIG has is that we are effectively the publisher, right? And we're not able to, well, I mean, (laughs) within reason, (laughs) to breathe down their necks like that and force a release date, right? So they have time, which is actually a very good thing. They have time to get it right. And I think that's the most important thing you can walk away with If you really want this game to be everything that it can be, and if you want Star Citizen to be everything that it can be, then you want to give CIG the time they need to polish the game right. With all that said, I firmly believe that we will see Squadron 42 either holiday season 2024 or at the latest. And I'm going to go on record saying this. I'll eat crow if I have to. At the latest. At the latest, we'll see Squadron 42 during Fleet Week 2025. I'm calling it. I've said it. I'm on record. I'm expecting Squadron 42 December 2024. And if they miss that date, it won't be any later than Fleet Week 2025. Mark my words. But I will eat crow if I'm I'm wrong. (laughs) I will eat crow if I'm wrong. Okay. With that said, I want to jump to another point about Squadron 42. What do you, and I'm going to form that in in a question. I'm going to ask it in the form of a question to you. What do you think the review score for Squadron 42 is going to be, given what we know right now, today, about that game? Even what we saw at CitizenCon, what would you grade Star Citizen? I know that's a very hard question. It's a difficult question because you haven't played the game. So I understand. But just out of pure speculation and just your wildest guess, what do you think the review scores for Squadron 42 are going to come in as? I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on that. I think we're going to see because, you know, you start to think about review scores and how they're made. Like I have concerns about it, if I'm honest, you know, how some people come up with the scores. Of course, it's purely subjective. But then you have these official publications releasing scores wildly different. And you have to ask yourself, is there some sort of grading criteria? That's unified. That's 
objective because I don't know, you rate one game a 10 and you rate another game an eight or a six, but the explanation of your rating doesn't quite check out when you compare the two. And I'm not going to call any publications out. I'm not going to name any names, but I have my concerns about official review scores. I do. (laughs) I said that to say, I think some reviewers are going to just be difficult on Star Citizen or Squadron 42 just for the hell of it. (laughs) I'm sorry. Call me a conspiracy theorist. I just think that happens. I, I think that happens. Even if it's just someone who is biased to a specific type of game or a specific, you know, place. I don't know. I don't know. But I just feel like there's no way we're going to see a 10. No way. There's no way we're going to see a 10. I mean, you look at games like Baldur's Gate 3, right? Which is clearly a really good game. And a lot of people did score it super high. And I think it did get a 10, believe it or not. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just cynical on that one. I don't know. But I'm curious as to what you think on that. I'm curious as to your opinion on if or what the review scores for Squadron 42 are going to be. Okay. Let's move on to my final point. The final segment here, which is talking about our expectations for 2024. What do we think we'll see in 2024? So the the, the premise of this conversation or of this topic is we heard Chris Roberts say most of the content or the everything we saw at CitizenCon should be released over the next 12 months, right? So that pretty much covers 2024 all the way up until technically October. What do we really think we're going to see? I'm going to cast my vote here. I'm going to cast my opinion on what I think we're going to see. Now, I will say I did watch the this past. Inside Star, it's not, it wasn't Inside Star Citizen, Star Citizen Live. I did watch that with the UI team. And walking away from that show, I believe we won't get everything we saw from the UI team in 2024. I don't think we're going to get everything. I do think we're going to get some things, but definitely not everything. Um, there was no date, release date confidence in that show. Great show, by the way. I. I love their presentation during Citizen Con, but it's clear they're playing carefully with the dates. And don't get me wrong, I think that's just a good thing to do anyway. But the level of care they played on that one, I can tell we're going to get some things, but we're definitely not getting everything from the UI presentation in 2024. I also don't know that we're going to get the full implementation of Maelstrom. In 2024, I do think we're going to get a lot of it. Like, I do believe we'll get the destruction parts. I, 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 you know, at least in relation to the world objects. I don't know about the ship destruction. We might, though. 
because in my mind, they have a lot of ships to go through unless they really, truly went through all those ships. I have my doubts because all the work they've been doing has been on Squadron 42. And if that is the case, which it is, then it, it you have effectively, and I'm just going to throw out a number here, at best, the third, and this is really generous, I think, 30% of the ships in the entire game is in Squadron 42. I would probably more confidently say 20%. So that's the only ships that they really probably did a lot of the work on, right? So that means you have another 80% or so of the ships backlogged, not even talking about the upcoming ships, that you have to implement that technology for. Now, I'm saying this without any idea how they're implementing it, right? So take it all with a grain of salt, of course. But I just don't see everything from Maelstrom coming in as well in 2024. I think we're going to get some parts of it you know it, it pretty much it, it, it's kind of akin to what they said about the resource management which i'm actually going to jump we're just going to segue right into that right away anyway the resource management i think we're going to start to get a lot with the resource management in fact i do believe maybe there's a chance we can get most of it in 2024 but i'll be honest with you i tend to take the approach of Carefully setting my expectations because they're mine to set, <laughs> to be honest. They're mine to set. My expectations are mine to set. No matter what CIG says, I can take what they say, read it, see it, hear it critically, and still decide that, okay, let's just manage these expectations. And that's pretty much. I'm cautiously optimistic is what I'm saying. And I'm a half glass full guy, but I'm cautiously optimistic that we will absolutely see a good portion of the content we saw by the end of next year. But we will not see all of it. So please set your expectations as well. Keep them realistic. Because Star Citizen is a much bigger game than Squadron 42. Like I said, is it still the same code base? Absolutely. But because it's an MMO, there's more to Star Citizen than Squadron 42. So there's still some things, as clearly some things like server meshing, um, and all, you know, pretty much the replication layer work, then server meshing. And that's just the technology part. But we're also talking about the MMO features, right? And one thing that's going to be probably very different in uh, Star Citizen than Squadron 42 is the economy. The economy they're building is for the MMO. Now, not, now I'm not saying we won't see portions of it in Squadron 42. Maybe so. I, I really honestly don't know. But I will say the lion's share of that economy system technology that they're working on is for the MMO. And that's just one thing. So even though I say there's the two games are one and the same. They're still different in some very important ways. And so given that scope difference, I just don't see all those features coming into Star Citizen by the end of next year. I think once we get into 2025, we can start to have that conversation about is it all in yet? You know, um, 
but I'm hopeful. I stay hopeful, you know, and I think overall, CIG has done an incredible job developing this game. Of course, there's controversy, but then again, there's controversy with everything. <laughs> Let's just be honest. But when you pull back, and you pull back and look at it from a macro perspective, CIG has been making steady progress ever since the beginning of the project. Steady progress and consistency. For the most part, you do have the ebbs and flows where sometimes development seems faster than other times, of course, but that's par for the course. But steady, steady, steady progress every single year. Every single year, steady progress. And I tip my hat off to them. If for some reason CIG would be listening to this podcast, thank you for the work that you all are doing. You're all doing a hell of a job. And I think you deserve all the praise that you can get. Of course, criticism, praise comes together. But for as much criticism as you get, I do want to be a voice that lets you know we're grateful and we're appreciative of the work that you're doing. And that goes for everyone at CIG. So I think that's it for me for this first inaugural podcast. Again, this was pretty much or very much a, an experiment. And depending on how things go, again, I'm, it, it, I'm not expecting even 10 views, <laughs> to be honest with you. you know. And that's not the way I'm going to approach this. I'm going to take it one episode at a time. We're going to have different topics. And I really do want to solicit your participation. Let me know your thoughts in the comments about this episode. Let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know what you want to talk about. I've been a backer of this project since the very beginning. I officially pledged in 2016. That was my absolute first pledge, but I was there during the Kickstarter project and I was highly skeptical. At that time, I don't want to say Kickstarter was new, but it was pretty much at a point where it was becoming well known or pretty in my mind, mainstream, I guess. And I was very skeptical of this particular project. But as I kept watching from the sidelines, I kept getting more and more interested. I kept seeing progress, new updates, new features. And I said, you know what? This looks like a damn good game. So I jumped in in 2017 and I or 16, 2016, and I have not looked back since. And I have zero regrets. Zero regrets. I'm concierge with zero regrets. So let me know what you feel. Are you a backer? Have you been a backer for a very long time or are you brand new? And I don't care when you join the project or when you back the project. How are you feeling right now? What is your pulse in regard to Star Citizen, in regard to Squadron 42? What is your pulse right now? How are you feeling about the project? Let me know in the comments section below. Again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And I want to have a dialogue with you. This is a monologue podcast. Yes, it's just me, myself, and I. 
And that's my plan. It, it, it's kind of easy and I don't mind talking. I enjoy talking. And then I also love Star Citizen. So it's a match made in heaven. So with that said, though, I do want to talk to you, the listener. I want to talk to each and every one of you. I want to understand how you feel. I want to know the pulse of this community uh, on this channel so we can have a conversation about the game that we love so much. So thanks again for listening. I do hope you enjoyed. And as I always say, happy gaming to you and I'll see you in the next one.